It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 101. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to our podcast. It's a busy time in the college football world. Bowl game preparation, NIL info, transfer portal news, and national signing day for high school players this week. And we're excited to have an hour of in-depth Gopher football talk with the Gophers guru, Daniel House, from gophersguru.com. We'll take a deep dive into everything we just talked about, including taking a long look at that high school recruiting class, the five incoming transfers, a preview of the bowl game, and a quick snapshot of the defensive coordinator opening. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is also a big sponsor of our Go Gopher podcast. We appreciate their support. Life math is complicated, and Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union makes it easier with a local financial expert available to help in person or virtually. Learn more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers. We're also sponsored by Cub, a proud supporter of the Go Gopher podcast. In a hurry? Don't worry. Cub delivers. Get fresh meat, produce, everyday essentials, and more delivered to your door. Cub's the official grocer of the Golden Gophers and proud to support Gopher Athletics for over 20 years. Our podcast is also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at ChamplinInsurance.com. Tony is a big Gopher football fan. We're podcasting episode 101 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free to do so. You can subscribe and go back and listen to previous shows as well. It's free. Last week, for example, we spoke with Gopher starting quarterback Cole Kramer to preview the Quick Lane Bowl. It's still timely, so you can go back and listen to that as well. This week, we once again are talking Golden Gopher football. It's the Gophers guru, Daniel House. He'll join me next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. When we say that Cub Milk is the freshest in town, we mean it. Less than 48 hours from farm to store fresh. We guarantee seven days or more of freshness. It all starts with local dairy farmers who take great care in making sure all the cows are happy and healthy. We support local farm families 365 days a year. And that makes our milk even more delicious. So you always get the freshest milk and the biggest smiles. It's episode number 101, the Go Gopher podcast, and we're thrilled to have Daniel House with us from gophersguru.com. He is a great evaluator, great uh, breaker down of film, and uh, we've got a number of things to talk with Daniel House about. He has returned trip here. uh, You've been on the podcast, what, four or five times now? Four or five times, but this time my head has been removed from the portal. That's where I've been for like (laughs) three weeks here. The portal 
recruiting defensive coordinator search beginning soon yeah. here. Like it's 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 crazy times right now. Yeah, I, and we had PJ on the radio show on Monday. Garzi and I did, and we we asked him about just how busy of a time, and he said it's the busiest three or four week stretch of his coaching career. Just as, as you, the stuff you mentioned, you got new stuff involved with portal. That's different, and it every year seems to even create a bigger hamster on the wheel and signing day bowl preparation the team's in a bowl game uh, new defensive coordinator to hire nil to try to figure out all of that stuff so uh, not only is it impacting his time but uh, for guys like you who really dive into this stuff and provide un- uh, unbelievable content um, it creates some busy nights i'm sure for you too yeah it's all fun stuff though pulling up the the all 22 to watch a whole bunch of different defenses and find players that might be good fits that the Gophers are targeting. So I've been I've been watching a lot of different teams over the last month or so. Well, you've got all kinds of good stuff on the web page. So let's start right away by mm-hmm. telling for folks that maybe not be familiar because not everybody listens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about GophersGuru.com. Uh, this website I started in 2020 during the pandemic, still going strong. Subscriber based, five dollars a month for the content. Take a little bit of a next gen approach to the coverage, in depth analysis on uh, schematics but simplified down for people to understand it, uh, breaking down players, doing features from time to time on players. So it's a melding pot of different types of content, even podcasts, lots of different things that I've been doing on the site. So check it out, gophersguru.com. You can get access uh, for the $5 a month. Yeah, it's great content, no doubt, uh, Daniel. And um, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about National Signing Day. As we are recording this, it is National Signing Day. All the ink is on the paper, so we know the Gophers have about 20 guys that they have signed in terms of high school players, and mm-hmm. then another five transfer kids that will uh, you know, be in here soon, uh, including a couple of quarterbacks, a couple of defensive backs, and a running back, all positions of need, certainly for 2024. Um, We will talk about uh, the NIL, the transfer portal. Uh, You mentioned that uh, you were uh, doing some uh, work on finding defenses, and maybe we'll get your pick your brain on potential candidates for uh, defensive coordinator. And then um, we can take a look at at, at Bowling Green, because you've been watching a little film there, and uh, maybe you can... uh, I have not. So you can uh, get me uh, ready for my uh, bowl game broadcast next Tuesday. So uh, we invite people right now, dig in, because we've got, uh, we're going deep here in football <laughs> with Daniel House, the uh, Gophers guru. All right, let's start with signing day. I think that uh, is the most immediate thing as we um, are talking here today on the Go Gopher podcast. And um, a pretty good class, uh, Gopher Illustrated 247. Our buddy Ryan Burns has it ranked as the 37th best recruiting class in the country. Um, um, and I think uh, when you compare it in relative terms to previous classes and previous coaches and so on, because it's really the only measuring stick you have, it is one of the better classes, right? Yeah, it's definitely has a lot of upside. You look at it headlined by high potential trench players on both sides of the ball in the O-line and the D-line, a talented quarterback that they'll continue developing over the next couple of years, unique mismatch pass catchers. That was one of the takeaways is length and bigger skill sets to create mismatches in the passing game, uh, intriguing defensive back talent, some versatility in, in that area. And then, of course, top 100 national player in Coy Parrish, who they able to close the deal on 
Ohio State with the late surge. Ryan Day up in Esco on Friday uh, trying to convince Coy to come play for the Buckeyes, but maintained true to his commitment. Now Minnesota gets to maximize a very unique talent in Coy who's super versatile. Well, we won't go into a P.J. Fleck-esque 50-minute uh, rundown of an entire 20-man class, but I do want to get some nuggets on each guy. Uh, we'll spend maybe some more time on some of these higher-end ratings guys, yeah. and as it will always be, there'll be something where we're going to give a guy a one-sentence uh, deal at the end of this thing, and he'll be all Big Ten in four years and say, see, I told you something. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works right now in this recruiting world. So let's start with Coy Parrish. He is the number 94-ranked guy, according to uh, Gopher Illustrated, a safety. What is his skill set? Uh, obviously a great athlete. Versatile. Could work uh, around the box, uh, in the deep half, played some outside cornerback, uh, just everything that you want in a defensive back to, to play multiple different roles and different schemes. A good size, frame, developmental traits, very explosive on both sides of the ball. The movement skills jump out. He changes direction fast and plays with really good instincts. You said it, the athleticism, 40-inch vertical, 10-6 broad at 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, just a playmaker that Minnesota can build around in the defensive backfield. And I, I think a big part of being able to land Coy was the selling point of safeties that Minnesota's produced here. I mean, you got Tyler Newbin, you got Antoine Winfield, you got Jordan Howden, like the lineage of defensive backs that have played that position was a big sell. And when you get an athlete like Coy uh, that can play so many different roles and be disruptive and explosive in the back end, it's all about team speed and Coy definitely provides that all the way up on the North Shore. I yeah. mean, finding talent all the way up there, it doesn't happen very often. So Coy gets to make his mark is that northern legend type of player that stayed home and played for the Gophers? So we'll see what he can do when he gets in here. And with that versatility, could you do you think he's straight safety, or could he play a nickel or that kind of monster back that uh, we've seen in the past? Well, that's the cool thing is with the unknown of what they're going to do schematically here, it leaves some opportunity to do some different things uh, with where the game's going. Uh, you can play coy in different spots. I mean, traditionally at safety is probably where he ends up, but the versatility to do a lot of different things helps you not only you know do some creative schematic things but if people get hurt uh, it allows you to move people around so I don't think you can have enough players with this type of skill set and the instincts and athleticism uh, it's it's going to be fun to see what he can do with Danny Collins yeah and and then handling expectations because everyone's going to have an eye on him for sure what's a comp who would you say is a comp to him Ooh, that's a tough one I mean I think <sighs> high school players are tough grim because I like to just kind of get a chance to see them in person first. I don't like to make too many big comps at this point, but I would just say versatility, instincts, ability to play a lot of different spots in the back end. And ask me again about a comp once I see him in person. I got, I got to evaluate yeah. in person. I don't like to make comps until I see – uh, what they can do actually understood understood very well yeah because the kid's 18 right? right so it's it's hard to know and where he goes body wise as well all right next guy is nathan roy out of wisconsin the top ranked player in wisconsin so we go from the number one high schooler in minnesota to the number one high schooler in the state of wisconsin offensive tackle what do you know about him lots of talent large frame but does a really good job of striking and coiling up with hips and hands and sink finishing blocks through the whistle uh, could drive defenders out of their gap. 
uh, gets inside hands a lot. I mean, it's just the the athleticism too to be able to pull out in space. Does a good job of finding approaching defenders in the second level. Uh, he'll get stronger. He'll tune up all the technique under Brian Callan. But to be able to go into Wisconsin, get the top player over there, uh, an offensive lineman. I wrote about that on the site. Yeah, how Wisconsin was really able to in the heart of, of what they were able to do there consistently, they were keeping those offensive linemen in state. And now recently some schools have been able to come in and, and poach some of those players. And Minnesota was able to come in and get a very good one here through the shot, put 60 feet at the D1 state track and field championships, that core strength, that specific trait, the, the shot put and discus throw, uh, the, those elements like wrestling, they definitely looked at that when they were building this class out on O-line and D-line. So very exciting talent and, and Nathan Roy that Brian Callahan gets to work with. And then, as you mentioned, uh, kind of using the guts of a, of a program being built on both sides of the football, we switch to now the uh, player of the year in the state of North Dakota, Riley Sunrum, and he is currently a D-lineman. I think he'll stay there. He's not going to yep. be an O-lineman, right? It'll be D-lineman. Sometimes linemen come in and then you figure it out, but uh, this guy looks to be a D lineman. Powerful, long, reported 81 inch wingspan, well built defensive lineman, powerful hands. Another guy that really strikes with authority, uh, able to get an established leverage and knockback versus blockers. Um, I just feel like he's someone that will be fun to watch developmental-wise. Like what track he takes when he adds weight and fills out the frame. What type of versatility does he have? Which alignment does he play from? Uh, another player, you know, 60-foot, one-inch shot put, setting a school record. I see him projecting as a pocket-pushing, disrupted defensive tackle. His father played tight end at Minnesota State Moorhead. His mom was a volleyball player and track athlete there as well. He's going to the All-American Bowl. So uh, being able to get another player on the defensive line to kind of develop around someone who could take a couple different uh, developmental tracks. I'm all about interior defensive line play, creating pocket push, being disruptive there. And Sunram has that developmental skill set uh, moving into the future here. PJ said his dad was taking advantage of the Dinky Town beer. <laughs> helping the, uh, the yeah he uh, said he was DT. donating to donating the families donating to the collective athletes how about that pretty cool pretty cool all right so uh, he's not the number one ranked recruit by most services in Arkansas um, Drake Lindsay the quarterback however he was named Arkansas player of the year based on his accomplishments so when you think about the first four guys now we've mentioned you've got top ranked recruits yeah. in three states and then player of the year in Arkansas, which produces a fair number of high school players that turn into really good college players, quarterback Drake Lindsay already looks to have Big Ten size at 6'5", 220. Intriguing, intriguing player. I got a chance to see him in an on-field workout in person, which helped me enhance my viewpoint. And I saw anticipation, accuracy, touch, throwing receivers open was something I saw on film, which is I always look for that. Can you anticipate when the receiver's coming out of the break and throw them open to a spot? And there were a lot of instances where that was the case, especially in the red zone, able to move defenders with his eyes and then put the ball in certain spots. I pulled out one clip from the end zone angle a while back showing what he was able to do to manipulate. And I, I, that's the type of thing you look for. Also, the ability to drive outside the numbers from the opposite hash flashes that ability. And I like the pocket presence. 
when he's facing pressure, he feels the rush well, is able to move around intentionally, not getting jittery uh, in the pocket, uh, sets his feet and gets a good base when he's leaving the pocket and throws a very catchable ball. I think there's something to be said about that, being able to adjust the tempo of your throws based on what you need to do within a specific concept. And with Minnesota, they want to get to the point where they have a dynamic play-action passing game that builds off the rushing attack. you got those play-action crossers, those boots. And when I watched him execute those type of concepts in person, I said, yeah, this definitely is a really good fit schematically. Uh, PJ talked about grandfather Jim playing running back uh, and being a kick and punt returner for the Vikings back in the day, which is pretty cool coming full circle now yeah. back up here. And his family was big Arkansas fans, but able to close the deal. Huge credit to Greg Harbaugh and the staff for identifying Drake, prioritizing him, getting in before kind of the the, the people really kind of knew what he could do because he was he suffered an injury, patella tendon tear uh, d- while playing basketball, and then ended up working his way back. Got back as a junior, played really well as a senior play well, then 52 touchdowns and Man. four interceptions this year. Incredible statistics from yeah, Drake. Yeah, 13-0. PJ and staff, I think uh, uh, Greg was with, uh, they were in person with the family at that state title game. That was really cool to hear yeah. PJ tell that story about yeah. getting the viewpoint of watching the game yeah. through quarterback dad's eyes. I, I thought that was an awesome insight for people that want to hear about that. Go watch it. Staying in Minnesota now from Arkansas back home, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, Mason Carrier, linebacker. Um, I have some folks who were involved in that high school all-star game that played with, I'm going to say in the last month, I forget exactly when it was. They yep. said this kid was an absolute beast in that game. I didn't watch it. Maybe you did. Uh, what do you see when you watch him? Enforcer type of player. Yeah. Your, your classic Big Ten linebacker, the quick twi- trigger and burst and lateral quickness while chasing down perimeter runs. Good recognition and instincts on passes in the flat. Uh, he'll just continue to get stronger, work on that block deconstruction. That'll be the first step through the strength program, be tested more as a zone dropper and coverage just based on the styles of offense that you see that that they're playing against up there. But that swift lateral quickness, being able to navigate through traffic, square up in the hole, evade blockers, has that skill set. I think he can give you dimension once he develops up as sort of a mugging linebacker who can blitz downhill as well. Played running back on the other side of the ball. A thousand points in basketball, so really good athlete. Uh, That's what you're looking for, trying to find players that have multi-sport backgrounds because it translates very well to the college level. I was at a sports bar in Detroit Lakes two summers ago, and they had bison stuff hanging everywhere. So Detroit Lakes, let's get some gopher gear hanging up there. <laughs> I do like the idea that this staff in the last two yeah. classes has has branched out more than previously with them and then even previously with other coaches um, where they're going to snare some guys. I mean, you've got kids now on this roster from Detroit Lakes, Alexandria, um, even I would consider North Dakota kind of part of that outreach. Um, uh, there's uh, kids also, I'm, I'm, I'm off the top of my head, the um, – What's a small town by Rochester uh, that I'm uh, trying to think where the kids from Kenyon, maybe um, from last year, uh, the offensive lineman. Trip, oh, Cass and Manorville. Cass and Manorville. Thank you. Reese Tripp. Um, anyway, my point is, yeah, I love that. I think that that is is one. You're going to find some players, too. It just helps so that there isn't 
buys and stuff hanging at the sports but bar. But I think all the that's time. where the games change, Grim, where players are able to develop in these smaller communities because there's access to so much training. Yeah. You don't have to physically Schools even, have weight rooms everywhere now. Yeah, you don't physically have to go find somebody. You can do stuff virtually with people. Mm-hmm. I think about Tanner Morgan when he worked with Rob Williams, the kinesiologist out of Canada. Yeah. He literally just met the guy. And yeah. he had been working with them a ton and provided so much right. value uh, in his development. So I think that's the difference that you see. People have more resources available, and they're going to find them. They're traveling to get those resources, and they're doing them at a young age to develop talent up. And that's why you're seeing more uh, talent in those outer, greater Minnesota areas that uh, PJ's been mining and trying to find some of those guys that can come in and and develop up golfersguru.com daniel house with us we're talking gopher recruiting uh we go to the state of illinois i've seen this kid listed at both tight end and defensive end maybe they'll determine it um julian johnson out of aurora illinois what do you like yeah i'm intrigued by the developmental path here raw athlete with traits an initial burst long 6-6 frame downfield playmaking ability and traffic when you see the offensive side of things ran a pretty limited route tree more of the crossers the greens, the downfield go balls, but like the traits are there on the defensive side of the ball, like being able to win at the top of the rush and retrace when needed. He has a lot of developmental pass rush traits, but you know, when you look at tight ends and defensive ends, those traits are very transferable. So you get a guy in here with that type of athletic ability and that frame, you determine what you need on your roster at the time, what the player's good at, how the the physical development goes, and you find a role for him. Uh, He could be a powerful slot mismatch type of skill set if he goes the offensive path. On the defensive side, uh, a dynamic pass rushing type. I'm surprised we don't see more positional changes in in college football. And and, and maybe they happen early and we don't know about it, but um, if a guy's – really athletic. I think the Gophers, and you know, what do I know? I've coached zero games in my life, but even the Gophers, others have had, you know, guys that are really athletic kind of buried on a depth chart, and you're like, geez, would, would, couldn't he be a tight end or couldn't he be a linebacker or add depth here or there? But they're, they're just they're, really, there aren't that many. Now, positional changes from high school. Like, you see that all the time. Oh, he played quarterback in high school, and now he's a safety or whatever, but once they get to campus, it seems they're, they're uh, locked in. But I think that might be the secret sauce in this new landscape is to recruit players that you see have the potential to play either way because with rosters ever changing you're going hey a corner just left I got a receiver that has a cornerback background it's got great movement skills and those traits are transferable you can put that player over on the other side of the ball so that's what I believe now you're going to see from some of these recruiting staffs looking at players that can go multiple different ways uh based on their high school past. Yeah. So that's something that that I believe will give some teams an edge here moving forward. All right, offensive lineman from the Kansas City area, Brett Carroll, another guy. And we talk about, you know, you in the Big Ten, if you got good players on both sides of the line, you're going to be good. What's this kid look like? Heavyweight wrestler, uh, throws a shot and discus, became... So like every guy you've mentioned does yeah, that. Yeah, everybody does that. And I, I, I believe that's a good thing to have yeah. because those traits, again, transferable. Uh, the wrestling mad side of it, the hand combat, the balance, the leverage, the core strength, and then the core strength related to shot put and discus throw. Sure. So Carol, I mean, unbelievable background in the wrestling side of things, which I wrote about on the site, but a burly, well-built offensive lineman with a mean streak, that sort of enforcer type 
type of skill set, has experience at center, right tackle, left tackle, defensive tackle on defense, uh, some athletic ability to get out uh, in the second level in space and work, but has that downhill power to uh, intrigue to see what he can do with Brian Callahan. Brian got two really good offensive linemen in here, both playing in the All-American Bowl, and we know what Callie does when he has that type of talent. He elevates it up. So nice ads by Minnesota along the offensive line. Do you have uh, Roy projected as a tackle and Carroll projected as an interior? Yeah, that's exactly how I would see it right now. All right, let's go to Mike Gerald, Katie, Texas, a cornerback, but really an athlete. You know, I mentioned, I just, I'm going to, you know, go back to what I said earlier that you don't see a lot of position changes. Sometimes within the secondary, I think Antoine first started as a corner when he got to Mm -hmm. campus. They needed some help at safety and all of a sudden, like, whoa, this guy's a great safety. Um, Even Newbin might have done some cornerback work, I think, when he first got here. So I don't know what Gerald will be. I know he's an athlete. Maybe he could play the slot. Maybe he can play an outside corner. Maybe he can return punts or kicks. Uh, But I think they like the fact that he's what you're talking about, a guy that has some versatility. Movement skills, speed, athleticism. I remember uh, coaches who got to look at him in person on the staff talking about the traits and really liking what he had to bring to the table in that area, like the high ceiling, that once he gets the technical components down, uh, he can be a really good player. Showcased the speed while working as a wide receiver. I mean, his film pops at wide receiver. And I like recruiting those players that have wide receiver backgrounds and moving them to corner because I think they have a great feel and instinct for the type of routes that receivers are running, how they move in and out of the breaks and the ball skills are applicable as well. So speed, transition quickness, uh, athleticism that Minnesota will mold and could go, you know, different directions because of, of versatility in that defensive backroom, which I think is good to match different skill sets you see. And this is a kid they found at a satellite camp, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. You know, these camps, I believe it's very important to go and, and find players that you get an in person look at. You can get some testing metrics, see how they move on the field. I love going to those camps in the summer, going around different places to watch players because you always find one hidden gem in the rough, and Gophers did a nice job of finding Gerald. We mentioned Antoine Winfield and the impact he had on the field. He had an impact in this recruiting class, it sounds like, because a kid from Richmond, Virginia, and um, I'm not totally up on pronunciations, but I think it's Zahir Rayner. His dad was an NFL player. Loves Antoine Winfield, came on a visit. I think they had Antoine do some FaceTiming with him. And um, here he is, uh, signed, sealed, and delivered as a defensive back. Fun to watch. Versatile Swiss Army knife type of skill set can work from different alignments, both as a nickel and safety. Moves really well. Uh, Plays with a relentless mentality, mentality and edge immediately pops out on the film with the instincts and the awareness and reading the combinations and then triggering and disrupting passing lanes, uh, sniffed out screens well, blew around blocks, made a ton of plays. Just you pull up the film and you immediately know who Rayner is and where he's at on the field. Like you said, Wally played linebacker, Virginia, his dad uh, was selected in the fourth round of the 99 NFL draft, played six seasons in the league, so has some bloodlines there. But versatile skill set that can help you in the blitz game, move all over, do some different things. Um Winfield influence was big in this in this recruiting process because uh, a lot of big schools were after him, ACC schools. 
yeah. including his dad's alma mater. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and uh, he is signed and ready to go. All right, so into the state of Iowa. There haven't been a lot of um, kids from that state that have come to Minnesota. Coquifed, I guess, comes to mind. Currently, Frank Bierman, uh, a kid from Tipton, Iowa. Uh, and this kid is uh, Jason Simpson, also a tight end, 65210. What do you see from him? I always like to give a player that maybe is falling through the cracks, not getting as much hype as some of these other guys on each side of the ball. And I'd give it on offense to Jacob Simpson from Iowa. Springy, long athlete with good movement skills, body control, does a good job of getting position, adjusting and attacking the football. Wide catch radius, and you can move him all over. Like I said, mismatch skill set was something the Gophers looked for in this class. More of a power slot weapon that you can detach versus safeties and linebackers and slot corners, move him off a crossing route, set up yards after the catch opportunities. So uh, someone who's very athletic with a nice frame, uh, gives them a unique type of skill set that they can deploy in their offense. Keep an eye on Jacob Simpson because I think he could be a really big weapon for the offense. Tight ends sometimes take time to develop. Sometimes they come right in and play, so we'll keep an eye on him and find out what goes on. We go to Chris Altman Bells High School for a running back, Jaden Wright out of Kankakee, Illinois. 5'10", 220, brings size and physicality right away. Uh, muscles through defenders, breaks arm tackles, uh, extended runs in the second second level by making sharp cuts, solid lateral agility uh, for a player with his size profile, not a home run hitting type of back by any means, but has a quick feet and good short area burst and change of direction. Uh, solid pass protection reps too, which is something I look for ability to pick sure. up the blitz and chip uh, good re- as a receiver as well. Uh, three sport athlete, basketball track and football. So uh, Jaden Wright gives them just another player who can develop up in a room where they've shown, Hey, you know, you need depth there. You need players that can contribute. And Jaden Wright gives them that back to the state of Minnesota, Hill Murray high school and a defensive back, Simon Sadle. You know, it, it it's a tie for me on the defensive side with underrated player. Probably Simon Seidel and Samuel Madu, two defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Seidel, you know, he's a hockey background guy. Yeah. Very good hockey player. But some of those traits are transferable. I've tried to go back and find defensive backs with hockey backgrounds. It's hard. Uh, the Watt brothers are two players that had strong hockey backgrounds that took a football path, but like the balance, the lower body stability, the power that you need on the skates sure. can help you as a defensive back, I think. Versatile player, played a ton of different roles in high school, but has that athletic ability, the traits, the movement skills, very good as a receiver and a punt returner as well. So another athlete that you get in here and you figure out which path is, is best based on physical development, but when you look at traits, uh, Seidel jumps out immediately. Staying in Minnesota, Eden Prairie, defensive lineman Mo Sane. Frame jumps out when you walk in the room. PJ brought that up. Long arms, 82-inch reported wingspan, wow. so he can extend stack and shed blockers. Uh, you see him deconstructing blocks a lot and has some speed-to-power potential, too. Uh, disruptive when he gets your gets his hands on the blocker and it's pretty quick laterally plays with good effort able to run down on the backside a lot 
Uh, Once he gets all that technique down, continues to get bigger and stronger, uh, uses his length as an asset, there's tons of developmental potential, extremely high ceiling here. It's just going to be how everything comes together and when Winston gets to work with him a little bit. All right, uh, we stay again in Minnesota, Mankato, Minnesota. Gophers with a couple of wide receivers in this class, and uh, this kid is named Jalen Smith, Mankato, Minnesota. You know, PJ brought him up as an underrated player, and uh, I I agree. Like, natural hands catcher who plucks the football. I mean, very good hands and good ball tracking. When he doesn't have a clean angle on the ball, he can still be able to track it and bring it in. Generate separation out of the break because he's got some suddenness to him. Speed and acceleration downfield. Now it's all about the details in between there. You know, the center of gravity, the balance, the stance, uh, dropping weight in and out of breaks. But, like, when you look at the the trait profile and the playmaking ability, the hands, the, that stuff is there, and now it's all about molding it. I asked Jalen at an event. I uh, did an interview with him and was asking him some route running influences. He said playing style-wise, he looks up to Deontay Johnson. I thought that was an interesting comp that he brought up to me, uh, somebody that he could potentially follow a similar developmental path to. Sam Macy, Chanhassen, Minnesota. I at one point saw him listed as a tight end. I think he's now listed at linebacker. Where do you project? him athlete with developmental frame came to a camp tested well in the 40-yard dash specifically uh, showed flash as a potential during the one-on-one portion of the camp too and that's like PG said you want to have a chance to play for the Gophers come to these camps because they matter if you perform well you test well you take advantage of your opportunity you can get an offer uh, athletic ability pops out on tape being able to chase down plays on the perimeter uh, has the athletic ability to drop in space too which is valuable and some of the pressure looks at Minnesota wants to do so uh, someone that will get in here with the strength program and try to harness some of those athletic traits Nick Monroe uh, the cornerbacks coach co-defensive coordinator who came in from Syracuse is of course from Minnesota uh, but he's using those Syracuse and New York connections for our next two players he's he's been a very highly regarded recruiter for a number of years Jalen Hicks an edge rusher New Rochelle New York yeah it projects as a developmental pocket pushing an edge setting five technique defensive end uh, long arms with a frame that can continue getting stronger pj talked about the quick twitch athleticism being something that they liked within his game jujitsu background which that jumps out like like you watch how he hand fights and gets off of blocks and holds the edge like that stuff again like looking into the details of wrestling Uh, shot putting discus the jujitsu background like all those things can help a player adjust quicker at the college level it sounds crazy but that type of stuff matters so missed five games uh, of his senior season with an ankle injury but uh just see the flashes and, and ability once he gets in here to develop up Nick Monroe uh, securing the deal there. And then White Plains, New York, a defensive back, Samuel Madu. Yeah, I mentioned Madu. Um, yeah, swagger and confidence are the two words that I wrote down. A long developmental defensive back with good movement skills. Actually pretty good technique for a player that hasn't played football as month. much. Very controlled, intentional movements, being able to make plays on the ball, lean and locate and man cover on the on the boundary he's one of those guys you can put in the boundary and just let him man cover you mentioned new york uh, him and hicks coming together i did some research looks like he's that him and hicks will be the 
eighth New York natives to play for the Gophers since 1990. So wow. York hasn't been a spot that the Gophers have prioritized in the past, but with the relationships that you have, you got to remember Nick was at Syracuse, and Absolutely. then you got Winston having the Maryland background yeah. as well, so you can hit the East Coast yep, that, maybe a little yeah, harder. Yeah, and, and Monroe has a great recruiting history, and he was you know at a smaller school out in New York to really uh, get those roots before he was at Syracuse, and um, he's got, I think his wife is from New York, his fam- his wife's family is all from that area, so it all uh, definitely is a situation where he feels comfortable going into that place mm-hmm. uh, of New York, not just even New York City, upstate New York and, and other places. All right, um, uh, this will be a test for the radio guy uh, when this kid gets the ball out of <laughs> Philadelphia, uh, Fame Ijaboy. Do we know? That's that's how that's what we're going with, right? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. All right, nice, nice job. At some point, we'll know for sure. Um, six foot one ninety running back out of Philly. Acceleration, one cut zone scheme runner who I think can do really well in outside zone. PJ talked about the testing metrics that they didn't want out there during yeah, the right. during the press conference availability. Uh, reportedly reached twenty two miles an hour in catapult tracking. So when he gets on the open field and hits the edge, he can really go ten eight nine hundred meter. Played a little linebacker on defense. I can catch the ball in the screen game out of the backfield. Uh, moves well laterally. I think. PJ has sort of alluded to the fact that maybe one of these guys will be able to come in and help right away as depth mm-hmm. because last year you saw how they got to the bottom of the, the depth chart at running They're back. Five deep. You got to continue. You got to be developing rapidly at the running back position. So Jaboy brings in uh, speed and some upside there to that running back room that they'll work with for the next couple of years. Here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Okay, last high schooler is a receiver with Canadian roots, but I think finished in Florida, Dallas Sims. Yeah, intriguing developmental prospect with unique potential skill set. I see more of like a power slot mismatch receiver that can move all over, a chess piece that Greg Harbaugh and Matt Simon can get free releases for through motion, uh, getting him in different places, moving him off crossers, getting those mismatches that you're looking for in the second and the third level of the defense. I really liked one thing when I watched him play was his field vision to read blockers and make plays after the catch and then the potty control and traffic being able to adjust very quickly on back shoulder balls, a big frame uh, prospect who will continue again, like, like I've been saying, gets in here, works in the strength and conditioning program and then figure out what the role projection looks like. 15 years old, moved away from Manitoba, Canada to gain more football opportunities. So he's a Canadian, but went down to Clearwater where the Gophers have had a lot of success with Clearwater Academy. Uh, Ryland Kelly went to school there as well. So Gophers are excited about the, the, the unique skill set he could bring to the offense. So that's the set of high schoolers that have signed with the Gophers on this national early signing period day here this December 20th as we record with Daniel House, GophersGuru.com. Um, one of the things that has uh, kind of struck me over the years um, as it progresses is you. I always want to take a look at the offer list, right? Because that also gives you a little bit of an idea. I don't know. I'm not like you. I can't watch. I don't know enough about what to look for and what makes a good 
good player. I'd see a kid from a small school run for 1,800 yards and say, put him in. And and guys like you would say, well, he runs a 5-4-40, and he's playing against a linebacker who's four foot eleven or what you know whatever right <laughs> so there's I, I can't do that I can describe a game but I don't know all of this stuff so um, the one thing though is offer list um, that as PJ has gone through and relative to other mm-hmm. things years ago um, it used to be Minnesota would would go find a, a lot of unheralded guys and they would have Toledo Miami of Ohio you know uh, maybe Purdue and that's it. And that's not a knock on any of those schools. Now you're seeing almost everybody the Gophers now have signed having multiple Power 5 offers, and they have to beat some people out, including at times your own rivals and other Big Ten schools. Yeah, and it, like PJ said, you have to be able to win in four-year recruiting to have success and build a foundation because right. in, in this landscape, we all talk about the portal, and it's the huge discussion point at the national level right now. But the programs that have the four-year recruiting blended with the transfer portal that do a good job of striking the right balance based on what their current roster situations and NIL look like, they set themselves up for long-term success. You look at this class, PJ mentioned it, three top players from different states. Mm-hmm. And then you could argue Drake Lindsay, I'd put him in yeah. the four, I'd put him as a four possibly. And I don't get too caught up in the rankings that, like you said, I look at the offers, which teams are interested and then evaluate the film. But being able to elevate the level of talent that, you know, people are going after that type of player. You see what those schools are doing in recruiting and you go, okay, you know, a lot of athletic upside. I think that's the big thing in this class that I've noticed is like the athletic traits. The projection is there. Now it's all about putting it together uh, and and putting those players in the best position to have uh, good careers. Yeah, and I think you mentioned that about last year's class too, right? A lot of athleticism and good traits. But that's why I think like they were kind of in a weird inflection point with their roster last year where those guys needed some time to develop there's some really good players in that class that we'll start to see a little more of this year plus you know now you're getting these other guys in and developing them up so hopefully forward momentum for for go for football going into the next couple years as some of this athleticism gets refined and then the technique gets caught up with the with the upside all right let me quickly talk about one of our sponsors affinity plus it's your local credit union proudly serving minnesota since 1930 If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you are eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including one right here near campus on University in Minneapolis. To learn more or find another way to connect, here's the webpage, affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. You can also download their app. It's an award-winning app and check them out there. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, Federal insured by NCUA, proud sponsor of Gopher Athletics and a proud sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Daniel House is with us. It's episode number 101, National Signing Day edition. Daniel back with us. We uh, went through the recruiting class. Hopefully you enjoyed Daniel's breakdown as he is so in-depth and uh, certainly, um, you know, we got the thumbnail version. You have a, um, a, a, a on your for subscribers of your webpage, gophersguru.com, you have a, a much more in-depth if people are really into the recruiting. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you call it? A recap? A uh, summary? Yeah, 2024 Gophers Recruiting Guide just went live yesterday. Uh, I believe it's like 4,000 words on the class. Just a lot of different background stuff. What their skill sets are like, but also you know, family stuff, sports they play, and all these different things, little nuggets that I've gathered over time here. So if you're interested in that, you just get the $5 a month subscription package you get access to the full guide and then all the content after that portal uh going into the season bowl game and then you know your yeah. traditional breakdowns throughout the season yeah i'd encourage you to do it um even off-season stuff like right now um you know obviously there's a bowl game coming up but uh, this is this is a, a prime time to certainly be doing that okay real quickly five transfers let's hit on these guys uh, the headliner is clearly the quarterback this is the presumed starter for 2024 uh, had two back-to-back starting seasons that were high level at New Hampshire, a finalist for the FCS Player of the Year, the Walter Payton Award. Max Brosmer, uh, originally from Georgia, went to New Hampshire. Uh, what have you seen when you break down his film? Yeah, I was able to get through his games and the first you watched takeaway. every game he played, didn't you? Yeah, I went through all the CAA games. I'm becoming a CAA Patriot League yeah. uh, connoisseur. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I look at the film and I see anticipation and accuracy. Uh, the processing to be able to move defenders, understand where the zone windows are, get the ball there with anticipation and throw receivers open. The red zone is where he shined. Being able to place the ball accurately in different situations there. Uh, if you look just at the, I, I always, it's my pet peeve, like the original completion percentage statistic, because it doesn't factor in drops. Sure. And when you go and look at drops last year, he experienced the third most drops among FCS quarterbacks. So if you filter out the drops, this guy had about a 75% adjusted completion percentage. So the accuracy is there. PJ Fleck talked about the background wanting to be a heart surgeon. Yeah. Uh, smart has the accuracy anticipation traits that Minnesota is looking for in the offense has a little RPO background as well is capable of keeping in the zone read game too. Uh, blitz pressure. Also, uh, I went through and watched the, the film and I went, man, this, this guy's very good against the blitz while the numbers back that up. I wrote about it in the huge breakdown that I did on Brosmer. The statistics against the Blitz are very impressive. So that tells you a lot about being able to manage the pocket, know where to go with the football. Process. Pull the clip out, you know, the nickels coming in on a Blitz, and he knows right where he needs to go with the football. So the processing, the experience level. I mean, people talk about playing in the FCS, but you still got to be able to execute, get the ball to the right spot, make the plays when they're available. And so uh, looks like a good fit for Minnesota's offense. Gophers have had some success dipping down to that level um, with players. Uh, you think about uh, Jack Gibbons at linebacker. You think about Jack Henderson at that kind of safety slash nickel uh, monster position, whatever you want to call it. Um, quarterback is a different situation though, because that's the stir that uh, or the straw that stirs the drink. Uh, do, do you believe in watching this film that the, his skill set translates that he's a uh, a guy that can have success against Big Ten defense? 
circumstances. Yeah, I like their fit within the scheme because he also worked in a mid-zone, inside-zone rushing scheme, some RPO, some play action under center stuff, can work from the gun. Uh, that transition will be helpful because he's already got some conceptual knowledge to mm-hmm. go along with the experience at the FCS level. Accuracy is the one thing you got to look for in a quarterback. Does he deliver the ball where it needs to be, throw receivers open, and process the defense in a split second, reacting to coverage picture changes, and Brosmer has shown the ability to do that. It's clear Minnesota wanted to get a quarterback with experience, accuracy, and then the processing skills to be able to do the things that they want to do schematically within the offense. How much of a competition was this? What other places or what kind of level of places were also coming after him? Well, I mean, you look, uh, Western Michigan offered him. I believe Western Kentucky did, but Minnesota locked this thing up early to the point where I think people kind of knew Minnesota was going to be, you know, the team that he was going to pick. So I think that played a role in it that Minnesota knew they wanted this guy and they went after it. And so you look at transfer portal rankings, like PJ said, I think he was up to like fifth or something at that point. But like, if you go through, like I do, you look at the numbers and you see where these quarterbacks stack up. He was definitely the guy you wanted to target out of the FCS level that looked like he could translate up. Gotcha. Running back. We talked about adding depth and uh, CA Bangora is, an Ohio player um, and the Bobcat had a pretty good season last year. What what does he look like on film? Yeah, one of those zone scheme runners where I think when things are blocked up well, he's going to take advantage of the opportunities, be able to break some tackles, uh, very productive, gets what's blocked, uh, a little bit of physicality to be able to uh, bust through tackles occasionally, and very good as a receiver. Uh, That was one of the takeaways that I had was being able to catch the ball. The guy has a lot of experience uh, being able to run routes out of the backfield, which I think adds a dimension to the offense if you're able to put some of that stuff in. So Bangura, uh, experienced, productive zone runner who uh, is one of those RB2 type of players that, you know, complements what they're going to get from Darius Taylor. I don't even think they're done possibly at the running back position yet because P.J. said they want to revamp that room I would say maybe more of a power skill set comes in here now we'll see but um, the January they'll still be active making some roster moves gotcha all right two defensive backs one from TCU Giante McMillan and then one from Bucknell again dipping down to that FCS level Ethan Robinson what do those two guys bring yeah Ethan Robinson is a zone scheme corner Uh, I think he's going to fit well playing a lot of zone he's able to process and undercut underneath routes Good mover. Uh, nine pass breakups last year, which was 14th among FCS cornerbacks with at least 150 coverage snaps. Uh, will provide a experienced option opposite of Justin Wally, which they knew they needed to get some defensive back depth, some versatility. You mentioned Jayante McMillan from TCU. Versatile player, uh, can play in the nickel, play in the outside, play safety. Uh, a lot of snaps on special teams across units. Uh, went through, he played in the college football playoff game against Michigan, working in more of a passing down slot role. So he has shown he can handle slot receivers and tight ends. So I think having a versatile skill set that you can move all over is something that they had to make a priority, especially on passing downs. When you're going against different teams every week where you got some 
longer, bigger pass catchers. You've got the shifty slot type receivers. You got to have defensive backs that match up with that. So that's why they went and got a versatile guy like McMillan. Those are the two defensive backs, and you mentioned Wally is back. Uh, Trayvon Jones is graduating, and so there, you know, you've got Tariq Watson that will, you know, is on this roster, and some others. So these two guys will fit in. Would you project Robinson or McMillan to be a starter next year? If he, if I had to hold a gun to your head now, Robinson, yeah, I would say is probably going to play opposite of Wally. But yet again, you know, there's competition in that room, and that's where I felt like PJ and the staff made that a priority across yeah. the roster, creating competition. This team's been at its best when. They're, they're able to have competition across position groups. Things aren't necessarily locked in. So uh, a guy, Ethan Robinson, who had a previous connection with Nick Monroe through some of the recruiting that he did, again, leaning on your past relationships and the people you know can help you try to find some people that fit what you're trying to do. All right, and then the last transfer, we go back to the quarterback position, Logan Fife from Fresno State. Dual threat ability, six starts, appeared in a few games at Fresno State. So the thing that I believe is important to know about him is the fact he's worked with some really good offensive minds. He's with Kalen DeBoer, who's the head coach at Washington. Ryan Grubb, who's a really good offensive mind, the offensive coordinator at Washington. Kalen DeBoer, who's the head coach at Fresno now, worked with some very good offensive minds there. He's got some mobility. He's smaller, but he can, you know, escape and extend, create a second play, but also some design quarterback run. They had some quarterback power stuff where he was able to run and pick up some yardage. So again, two years of eligibility. So that gives you, you know, Brosmer's got one. So he plays this year. And then Lindsay's coming in as a 2024 signee. So Lindsay and Fife together in 2025, revamp the quarterback room. PJ, Definitely brought that up during the press conference about wanting to revamp some position groups through the portal and recruiting, and they definitely uh, looked to do that. Was he was he had to spend time with uh, Jeff Tedford too? Then I would think, right? Jeff Tedford, yep. Jeff yeah. Tedford, Grub, DeBoer. Yeah, that's those are. I mean, but I mean, that's the Tedford's thing. Tedford's put some. I mean, you think about the guys he's put in the NFL over the years. He's developed some guys. Yeah, and to be able to have that background, I'm uh, Jayante McMillan too. Another little nugget about that is TCU is one of those teams that values speed training. Yeah, they emphasize it hard. They're constantly doing it, even during the season, two to three times per week, doing speed training to develop athleticism in all their players. So another nugget about hey, guy coming in here that has been trained well athletically. All right. So that is the group. Um, there's some preferred walk-ons, and I think uh, you know potentially still, as you mentioned, some transfer portal things that will happen. And then uh, we'll have another podcast in April, uh, and people will be leaving, and people will be coming, and people will be going, and uh, there's probably going to be a handful of uh, turnover even at the end of the spring period. I, I'm like, well, now we'll get through this, yeah. get to defensive co- bowl game, defensive yeah. coordinator, and then spring ball, and then we've got portal again. The portal window has created so much uh, frenzy, but fun frenzy for me because I like I like going through and watching all these different guys. Gophersguru.com is the webpage. All right, uh, defensive coordinator, we mentioned it, Joe Rossi, uh, stepping away from the Gophers. He has taken the job at Michigan State. He's already there. He has, um, you know, he's um, in, in golf now in that program, so the position is open. Um, here, there will be Danny Collins and Nick Monroe, I suppose, will be kind of running this defense for the bowl game next week. Um, potential internal candidates, I would think, mm-hmm. those two guys especially 
actually. And then um, you've got um, external candidates. So I know you've done some thought and research and feel. And what do you think? Yeah, I mean, people have asked me, like, who would you interview if if you were coming in here and, you know, as a head coach and needed to hire a defensive coordinator based on the personnel Minnesota has. Uh, one guy I've had my eye on is Joe Klanderman, defensive coordinator at Kansas State, got 22 years of coaching experience, 11 as a defensive coordinator, was in the NSIC with Mankato, uh, worked with Todd Hoffner down there, and then now four at Kansas State, was a defensive backs coach on those good uh, North Dakota State Bison teams, uh, has a background in the 4-3 Tampa 2 type of style defense with yep. a two high, but also transitioned Kansas State into a 3-3-5. They were 4-3 for a while, then he went to 3-3-5 and hybridized their defense. So he's got a unique background to be able to kind of do both of those things. Some experience I wrote in depth about him on the website, so you can check that out. Uh, another name, Spence Nowinski, uh, defensive coordinator at Ohio, put together some really impressive defensive metrics. They base out of a single high defense and they fit the run really well. That was my takeaway. You can tell when a team and a coach emphasizes run fits and detailed oriented, uh, really detail oriented run fits, I guess. And Nowinski showed that. So those are a couple names. I have a couple others that are on the website that you can read about under the defensive coordinator targets piece. So check that out. Yeah, very good on Gophers Guru. All right, you have broken down some Bowling Green film, uh, Minnesota and Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. It is December the 26th, the day after Christmas, 1 o'clock. And what do you see when you watch the Falcons? Yeah, I mean, Minnesota fans are familiar with Scott Loeffler and yeah. uh, Bow- Bowling Green from the past. So, you know, there's some things that they do that, you know, we saw before perimeter screens, power read play fakes, RPOs getting the ball out in space offensively, uh, counter and gap schemes. Terry on Stewart, their running back, is really good at breaking tackles and picking up yards after contact. When I was looking at potential transfers and some of the metrics that I look at, this guy's like, way ahead in that area so he's been injured so watch to see if he plays in the game uh, defensively there are a little multiple Jalen Husky a cornerback going to Maryland hit the transfer portal so one of their better players in the secondary will uh, not be will not be yeah. playing so keep an eye on the the secondary run defense bottom percentile of that area so I think Minnesota's got some opportunities to do some things schematically in the run game which I'll be writing about in the piece coming out soon I think penalties are the things to watch in this game bowling green averaging seven penalties per game which is in the bottom percentile nationally averaging 63 penalty yards per game 15th worst mark in the fbs so penalties have been killer all year on the flip side gophers committed just three penalties per game this year on average 28 penalty yards per game second and third best respectively in the fbs which is huge it keeps you in games flip side Bowling Green taking away the football, creating turnovers, second most takeaways in the FBS, fourth most interception. So taking care of the football and playing a clean game are going to be two things to watch for uh, that maybe fans wouldn't uh, notice on the surface. And they run, um, they have two quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, one yep. plays more than the other, but they will run two guys out there. They right? will run. Bazelak is kind of the, the passing quarterback. So he'll be the one in there that is orchestrating the downfield 
off-the-field aspects of the offense. I think perimeter block deconstruction is going to be big in this game because they like to throw the ball on the perimeter. Uh, in the quick hit game over the middle, going to have to limit yards after the catch. This is an offense that's predicated on you know, getting ball playmakers the ball while moving away from the defense and setting up yards after the catch opportunities. So that's the key. And I think Minnesota, the difference in this game will ultimately be their ability to run the football against this front. Uh, and we'll see, you know, it's hard to know, Grim, like no who's doubt. playing in this game, Don't know. like on both sides. Yeah. And that's what I say when I'm projecting these bowl games. I was going through, I picked all the games and I said, I just want to look at team tendency versus personnel. Sure. And even then it's like you got younger players and roles that, you know, Guys out of a gap, and here you go. It's a big play. So these bowl games are truly outliers. It's about wild, developing young wild talent. card all the way. Um, and and in Minnesota's case, Cole Kramer gets his first career start as a fifth year player. Um, he had that great spring game last year. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's some film I suppose that you have broken down. What do you think of Cole Kramer as the starting quarterback? I'm excited for him, man. He's been here yeah. forever. He's worked very hard in the program, been a quiet leader behind the scenes. And when I've done stories and talked to people that are around the team, they talk about Cole Kramer and the impact he's had in the locker room in a quiet way. Yeah. So I say good for him that he's able to end his career in this way. Yeah. Hometown kid playing in the bowl game. Circumstances were definitely unique. That's where this college football landscapes at but you know i hope he comes out and plays go throw for 300 and great three touchdowns, game just right, lets yeah. it rip you know you could do some stuff the thing is you got to be careful you can't do too much quarterback run because of the quarterback yeah. depth in that room right you're right you know but it's cool brosmer is going to be at the bowl game too. yeah they're going to practice him a little bit as this as a practice he's player. on the way here right yeah. now just to get into the just to but get that into says the a sy- lot about system. the guy yeah, like he wants 100%. to get here he's get, ready to dive in hit the ground running that yeah. hey that's stuff matters so 100 yeah, get get him uh integrated into the system as well um you know the other thing with uh with cole kramer that i think is cool is this if you remember the the game in new york city last year you know that was athan's game he started like eight for nine looked great and then got hurt and tanner morgan who we thought was just going to kind of waltz off into you know trying an NFL camp, which he did, um, got kind of a curtain call, no pun intended, at a, at a baseball stadium. And so in a weird way, uh, this is Cole Kramer's chance to, you know, go out with, uh, you know, nobody was expecting him that he'd be a starter in the bowl game. And now he's got a chance for his own curtain call. I thought it was it was cool, PJ, talking about the reaction when they told the team yeah, that Cole was sure. going to be the starter. He got a standing ovation and everybody was all fired up because they know how much work that he's put into this sticking around you know not playing but still keeping that positive mindset to be there for his teammates uh you know it's it's a local angle high school product from here ep you know pj was talking about the connection with the grants and ep's football program too yeah and how that has played a role in a lot of different things with re- recruiting so uh, cool to see kramer get the shot yeah, here he by the way a uh, quick plug he was the guest last week on the go go for podcast it was, uh, it was uh you know talking about all of uh how excited he is, and um, he says he feels at total peace. He's not that nervous. He's ready to go, which I thought was cool. But, yeah, you know, he's been around it. You yeah. know, he he's he's watched everything. He's learned how to study film from different offensive coordinators over the past few years. And so it's not like he isn't aware of the, the mental aspects of playing the position. He can come in and certainly handle that. So 
I'm, I'm excited to watch the bowl yeah. game. I mean, it, 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 there'll be a lot of young players out there that will get sort of an in-person in eval at no for doubt. the first time. 100%. Well, Daniel House, it's been an hour. We thank you for uh, giving us so much good in-depth info, uh, even more in-depth info on your uh, webpage with the uh, with the recruiting um, guide as well. Again, uh, tell folks how they can get that. Gophersguru.com, $5 a month gets you access to the site. Uh, check it out. Just go to that link, and it's on my Twitter page, at Daniel House MN, so you can find everything there. Awesome. We appreciate it. As always, great info. Thanks for having me. Daniel House, Episode 101, the Go Gopher Podcast. The Go Gopher Podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial investor. In you. you can learn more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers. That's affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Cub sponsors the Go Gopher podcast. It's the official grocer of the Golden Gophers. And we're brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts and please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's free to subscribe and free to listen. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week. Thank you.